We've got some new Apple Silicon news. Uh, it kind of cooled off a little bit after WWDC, but it is, it's a really big move. It's a significant move, obviously. Manufacturing silicon on the level of what Intel has been doing for so long. And to meet the criteria of a lineup, a relatively popular laptop lineup, as well as the desktops eventually, but in the short term, the laptop lineup. Here we have some information relating to uh, how soon we can expect to see this Apple Silicon show up in MacBooks, MacBook Airs, and MacBook Pros. Now, the initial uh, the initial outlook from Ming-Chi Kuo was that it was going to happen sometime next year. Today's report, the analyst still expects the 13.3-inch Pro to start shipping in the fourth quarter, fourth quarter of this year, fourth quarter of next year, fourth quarter of 2021. In 2021, Apple will launch a redesigned MacBook Pro line with 14-inch and 16-inch screens. So in 2020 still, so this year, the end of this year, we're looking at a 13.3-inch Pro. Am I right about this? That's crazy. That's pretty quick. That's quicker than expected. Yeah. Uh, for Apple to ship that. Now, we know they've shipped out this developer kit. In fact, you were just mentioning it earlier. But that isn't running... Most people don't expect that chip that's in there to show up in laptops. It's really just a way to get, get things started. So it's got to be something different than that. But that's still it's closer than I expected it to be. Or it just it, show, it showcases how uh, quickly Apple can move post-announcement it's kind of impressive it's it's cool so anyway it's going to pop up first in the 13.3 inch macbook pro which is also kind of an unusual place for it you might expect to see it in the lower powered models first maybe in a macbook air or something like this but the but the macbook air was recently updated i guess the 13 inch pro was sort of updated but these are all this is all a stopgap for the time being because there is this expectation that apple does move to a redesign with a more aggressive screen-to-body ratio on their laptops, they, they kind of still look how they've looked for a really long time. They added the touch bar for a moment. People weren't too... Uh, not everyone received that. Changed up the keyboard. They changed up the keyboard. There's been minor little things, little tweaks, but nothing really big, and that's still something that people are waiting for. But anyways, as far as getting your hands on, on Apple Silicon, it looks like you're going to start with the 13.3-inch, and then later move to the 16-inch, and then also later move to the MacBook Air, getting the same treatment. Uh, the 16-inch will be interesting because that model has dedicated graphics. That model is targeted at the more power user mm -hmm. for the time being. That, that model is targeted at video editors, and that's where you're going to have to replace some pretty substantial horsepower in the laptop market before they go and introduce this thing into desktops. So I'm curious to see how that maps out. Of course, there's also the rumored uh, larger 24-inch iMac that looks like an iPad on a stick. That would be another target for this thing, but there's nothing in this new report to suggest that that's coming anytime soon. Quo speculates that the cost reductions associated with switching from Intel to Apple CPUs would allow Apple to lower the entry price of the MacBook Air further than it is right now. Of course, you know, it starts around $999, right around 1000 bucks. Somewhere in there, maybe it's eight ninety nine. It's around a thousand bucks to start. Maybe it comes down further. Apple can stop sending so much cash to Intel. Mm. They 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 get to to own more of the profit 
all for themselves. Yes. And I don't know too many people complain about that if you're Apple. Yeah. So, and you're not going to complain if you get a lower price tag because of it and mm -hmm. similar or even better performance. Possibly uh, a machine that can operate cooler. Possibly a machine that as a consequence can be even thinner than before. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying in the past, you know, where, where Apple's been able to control more components, they've been able to uh, shrink things. They've been able to approach things that might have otherwise been hard to do. I mean, the evidence of the merging of the hardware and software, that their software only has to work on their set of hardware. Kind of the, that convergence there has yielded results that many people love worldwide. Mm -hmm. So now you take that one step further with the chip itself and getting started on the, on the engineering process from, I mean, it's like baking a cake from scratch mm. instead of out of the box. Mm. Although you still got to get all those ingredients. But yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? You just got more control. Yeah. And possibly repairs can be a lot quicker as well. Maybe. They streamline it. Maybe. So anyway, we'll see. But if you're sitting around waiting for a new laptop, a new MacBook, you may want to hold off. Quarter four, 13.3 inch potentially. Um, MacBook Pro with Apple's new fangled, new, hot, new, hopefully not too hot, silicon. Uh, also in Apple news, we have... A new leak suggesting that the iPhone 12 Pro models will be getting a RAM upgrade to 6 gigabytes of RAM. Will, I know you're a big RAM guy. Always just loading the RAM. People make many comments about how you use your RAM. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, no, you I personally. Know. I don't know if you knew that. It's a big, there's Reddit threads and it's a whole thing. Hmm. And the reason being is because people spot how many tabs you've got open, my friend. Oh, right, yeah. Well, there's a lot of stories, a lot of uh, investigation going on. So, you know, you got to dive in there. You get your tabs up there. Tabs. You? you get your tabs up there. Yeah. yeah. So you're the tab guy and you're the RAM guy. And you probably want a little more RAM on your smartphone, too. We, we've seen some massive RAM figures getting passed around in, in Android land. 12 gigs of RAM, things like this. Uh, Apple, uh, they've kind of been more on the side. Hey, we, we like optimization. We don't need these bolos around. We, we optimize the things. We're back here. We tinker. We tinker around. You need four gigs around. You need to be fine, man. Yeah. On the smartphones, I'm talking. Uh, well, that changes a little bit here. They do have to improve that, that spec, it would appear, every so often. So the, the suggestion here that, that the leaker has is that the pro models, it's, a, it's, quite, a, it's quite a tweet, in fact, you can scroll down and look at the tweet. It's an incredible tweet. Look at that tweet. Well, mm. I wish I could have tweets like that. Like that's a piece of art. That tweet. The Twitter user is love to dream, but the O is a zero in that Twitter handle, and it just simply this tweet just simply says professional six GB general four GB, and everybody in the leak universe knows what that means. Doesn't say iPhone. Doesn't say twelve. Doesn't say Apple. Everybody in the universe knows what that means because that's what this guy typically talks about. And I love I love how cryptic and vague it is. And everybody knows. Mm. So that's art to me right there. Uh, anyway, they, they, they take it to mean the analysts, the important people, the people who talk about Apple all day long, they take it to mean that the pro model phones will get six gigs and the regular version is going to get four gigs of RAM. Maybe a little more incentive to upgrade for some users who want the powerhouse and uh, a little cost savings for those that are fine with four gigs of RAM. So even for Apple, with all the optimizations that they're capable of, they're still saying, look, it's 2020. We got to have some RAM. Mm -hmm. Willie do, he's got to open a few things. Might as well, right? Yeah. 
Uh, Samsung is reportedly expecting lukewarm demand for the Galaxy Note 20. This, uh, this headline caught my attention because what about that headline? Isn't that a headline? Hmm. You sit there and say, which company is going to be out here in public saying they, ex- they don't expect their product to do well? So I had to read into it, and it's it's also based on some chatter. It's not coming directly from Samsung. It's from Taiwan's DigiTimes uh, website, which you've been on that website, Will. Number of times. Number of times, and yeah. sometimes they hit it, sometimes they don't. Uh, in this Android Authority article, they say, look, they missed it a little bit on the air power thing, but a lot of people missed it on the air power thing. The Apple air power, remember that fiasco? Yeah, yeah. Wireless Samsung is trying to keep expectations tempered when it comes to sales of its upcoming Galaxy Note 20 series. The company is reportedly cautious about ordering too many components for the new phone from its various suppliers due to the ongoing pandemic. So honestly, this isn't too much of a stretch. This isn't hard to believe. I don't think Samsung has to say it publicly. I have heard this in being in the game as we are, you and I, from other manufacturers who... There's been a degree of recognition that you can't expect the same fireworks that you had when the world was clicking, when everything was going well. So uh, there are some numbers that came out or some some numbers that have been speculated in relationship to the sales of the S20 series. That's the series you have in your pocket right now. Well, I just got to remind people, S20 regular. The number one model in that lineup was the S20 Plus, not the Ultra, apparently, from a sales perspective. And... Samsung only sold 3.5 million of those units in Q1 2020, as opposed to a year earlier, where the standard S10 sold 5.2 million units. It was the most popular in that previous lineup. So, yeah, things cooled off. Things aren't so hot. And if I'm a supplier for Samsung for their upcoming Note series, I'm saying, hey, take it easy. You know, the world it's a little tough out there right now. Yeah. It's a hot, there's a premium uh, price tag on this smartphone. You might want to consider you chop that order in half. I don't know. I'm just saying. Maybe you don't have a bunch of notes sitting around. Mm-hmm. So it's understandable that conversation could take place. I don't know how the Note series lines up from a popularity perspective compared to the uh, uh, S lineup, the regular S lineup. But uh, nonetheless, the market for premium smartphones continues to get hit hard by a variety of things happening in the world. And, I mean, it even motivated OnePlus to go make a whole different brand to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Because I had been hearing similar things leading up to the 8 Pro launch where they're saying, eh, it might be a little pricey. I don't know about those numbers. Right. If we're going to move as many units, got that hefty price tag. I'm just saying. Just saying. I hear you. I, hey, man, I'm just a guy. I'm talking. These oh. are noises. You're a guy. We're in the world. We're just, we're out here, we're trying, you know? Yeah. It's a lot to take in sometimes. I mean, it's all these, it's a lot going on. It's too much. Sometimes you got to, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you got to listen to the uh, to the tech news with, with your pals. And that's, that's just what you do. There you go. Oh, shout out for those just listening as well. I know a lot of people here on YouTube get the love, but I got to say, every so often I peek in on the podcast listeners, the audio-only listeners. I know they're out there, so I just want to give them a shout out. Thank you for the reviews. They leave reviews, Will. They say Willie Do with a bunch of... It goes long. like, Willie Do. Oh, yeah. They I leave reviews. So I, I look at that sometimes. If you if you, uh, if you you haven't yet, go leave a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you do it because we have people, they listen just the audio, Will. Shout out. Shout out to them. TikTok. Holy TikTok. Holy TikTok. 
what can we it's all it's heating up i saw ninja bounced off tiktok officially he put right. a tweet out he said i'm out uh other people are out and in the midst of all that going on tiktok also broke so we had this story i guess it was yesterday about how the u.s is considering a complete ban of tiktok to follow suit with something that already happened in india and then yesterday i started getting tweets from people saying, oh, it's already happening because my Twitter, my TikTok page is busted. Mm. And people were telling me that on Twitter. And and, and with screenshots, they, their likes weren't showing up. Comments weren't showing up. It looked dead. The profile looked dead. Ooh. And so that was freaking people out. Rough. And TikTok, of course, they just say, oh, no, no, no. It's all fine. That was just a little mishap. It was a coincidence. It had nothing to do with these announcements. In fact, we were just getting more traffic. And it kind of broke a few things. So please leave us alone. We're, everything's <laughs> fine. No, no spying, no nothing. We're cool. TikTok's cool. Uh, we got an American CEO. Please leave us alone. Uh, remember when you everybody loved our app? Remember those days? That's what that, that's their official uh, public. That's their press release. Remember when we were people were just dancing? Yeah, it's just dancing and music. Come on, can't be that bad. Anyway, of course I'm just having fun right now. A little mm. bit of fun with it, but. So uh, earlier today, some of our users experienced app issues around notifications, the display of likes and view counts, and trouble loading videos on some pages in the app. The issues appear to have been caused by higher traffic than normal on our servers in Virginia. I think they put that in there on purpose. Like, we have servers in Virginia, too. Oh, yeah. It's not just yeah. China. American servers. They're like, we got a chance for a statement. People are paying attention right now. Let's mention those Virginia servers while we're at it. <laughs> Causing temporary service disruptions we've resolved the problem and are investigating the cause and we'll share updates as they become available tiktok support so yeah that's just kind of a an odd coincidence it's quite possible that the two things are not correlated is it to, to be fair it's quite possible but it doesn't change the fact that there's extra scrutiny happening in terms of tiktok there's a lot of eyeballs people are watching tiktok very closely right now to see what happens next and nobody is watching tiktok more closely than the terrified influencers of TikTok in our next story. Oh. I had to say that because you weren't switching to the next tab. You see, I, had to, I was helping <laughs> I you I knew that there. segue. I, was, I had to help you out there, Will. This is, now this headline, talk about a headline here. This is a TMZ caliber headline. TikTok influencers terrified of potential ban, dot, 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 looking for, quote, real jobs. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> this is the perfect generic like tabloid. generalized tabloid everyone can understand it yeah. headline because it goes on two angles it's either you are one of these tiktok users and you're like what what's happening or you're one of these people who hates tiktok and you're like yeah fine yeah. they gotta get a real job finally yeah that's what one i'm talking us. about real job yeah. go get a real anyway so you know if this news though has made it to tmz it's in the mainstream mm-hmm it's not a tech story exclusively anymore. It's in the mainstream. TikTok influencers are dusting off their resumes because of President Trump. They're terrified he's about to ban the app and force them to find J-O-Bs outside social media. <laughs> it's such a salacious Man, uh, we got to read TMZ. Here. We got to read TMZ more often because that's just fun to put those sentences together. Uh, With the Trump administration considering a ban... On a super popular video creation app, due to the escalating trade war with China, TikTok influencers who make a killing on their posts tell us they fear the future. 
So we have a couple of examples here. There's a guy, I don't know if you know him, Sean Does Magic. You know what's crazy? What's crazy is that there are over 800 million active users on TikTok, but somehow, someway, huh. you managed to find this video. Oh, it's and very, you know, very sentimental. This on your following page or your for you page, but okay, I think we get the point shot. here. <laughs> uh, Sean, whose magic trick themed page has 13.5 million followers, says it could that shutting down the app could be financially crushing. He makes fifteen thousand to twenty thousand dollars per post. So, uh, yeah, that I guess that would be tough for him. He's making a plea now to uh, to obviously get you to go follow him him elsewhere, as you would if you were concerned about the health or future of a particular app. And there's other uh, case studies, I suppose, in here. Uh, TMZ actually got a couple interviews with some uh, established TikTok creators. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, who's that guy's name is Drage Camera. Cameraman, uh, he's a he's a comedian. He has two point one million followers, and he makes seven to ten thousand every few weeks on TikTok. That's kind of right more. On. That's a little more vague, <laughs> but he's uh, he's also made a living over there. So, anyways, yes, there is some sort of an exodus taking place where uh, users are looking for their new social media homes, even if it's just to be safe. If you got guys like Ninja uh, jumping off there and citing privacy concerns on social media, it's going to trickle down. People are going to start to uh, consider whether or not they should be there. You just brought up this uh, this new, uh, I guess it's a competitor, a TikTok competitor yeah, called Byte. That's what they say. That's what they say. It's made. It's actually built by some of the original. Uh, I think the engineers behind uh, Vine. Vine. Oh, okay. So. It, the reviews don't look fantastic, but anyways, people are trying to get their usernames on Byte in case that's where it goes. Obviously, we talked previously about Instagram putting out their Reels product to compete with TikTok, so that's probably going to roll out in more markets very shortly. And, and of course, you can't forget YouTube. If you're a TikTok creator with a big following, maybe you come to YouTube and start making some videos. Maybe you change your content a little bit, but probably some people will follow you. So mm -hmm. that's probably what you want to start doing right now. And uh, should you be terrified? What do you think, Will? Should TikTok creators be terrified right now? Is it going to get shut down in the U.S.? You have to make the call right now. What's your bet if you're a betting man, which of course you are? Uh, yeah, I think it's actually going to get banned. Wow. I like how you whispered for that part because I know I'm terrified myself. The intensity level. Yeah. You're like, I think it's going to get banned. Well, don't worry, Will. They're not going to ban you. You're here on friendly old YouTube. Yeah. I you're mean, safe for now. Uh, Rivian has raised another $2.5 billion ahead of its launch of its electric pickup. These guys are well-funded, will they do? That makes for a total of $5.35 billion since the beginning of 2019. Actually, I think the total number, well, it's, whatever, it's close to $6 billion that they've got. And it's from big-time investors, including Ford, by the oh, way. Really? Okay. Yeah, Ford is invested in Rivian. EV startup Rivian has raised $2.5 billion. Uh, working on, of course, it's all electric pickup truck and SUV. Uh, that money, the new money, or the money, some of their biggest investors, I should say, Ford, Amazon, Cox Automotive, the new money comes from Soros Fund Management, Co2 Hedge Fund, Fidelity Management and Research Company, and Barron Capital Group. Don't, don't those just sound like, doesn't that sound like money to you? You read those names? Yeah. 
oh, words like capital and investment firm and fidelity and hedge and LLC. It's just so much money we're talking about. Uh, Amazon and another previous investor, BlackRock, also participated in this new funding round. So they're they're happy to just even put even more cash. Amazon's like, no, this is a good deal. Plus, we're Amazon. We're just making, I mean, the cash we're doing right now is unreal. So we got to put it somewhere. Uh, and maybe Amazon just wants to play a, a Tesla play against Tesla because isn't Bezos and Elon, they kind of, mm-hmm. they go tit for tat every so often. Yeah, they yeah. got the space stuff. It's a friendly, a little friendly thing going on there. So maybe he's got to have a, uh, a play in the electric vehicle space. Ford, on the other hand, uh, is supposedly working on a an electric Lincoln model vehicle. And they've been working with Rivian on that. This is kind of one of those areas where they could share technology and then Ford could become a buyer of Rivian's products. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the growth could kind of happen together because mm-hmm. Ford obviously has a big vehicle footprint, dealership footprint, service department footprint, marketing footprint. You ever heard of footprints out there, Will? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I didn't know this. Originally, Rivian was going to make a Roadster-style sports car and then they pivoted. It's a big oh, okay. deal in startups, Will. I don't know if you knew that. It's way it's a pivot. You gotta, yeah, you gotta pivot. pivot. Yeah. You gotta know when to pivot. Yeah. I think we, uh, I feel like we're pivoting right now. We're we're on this channel a lot and less so on I Unbox know, right? Therapy. Yeah. So maybe there's maybe we're pivoting too. I mean, it sounds cool, by the way. Pivoting. Yeah. Sounds amazing. Being on your toes. Yeah. And that you're capable. The, the idea that you're capable of pivoting, that you have the flexibility to do so, that you've got something so good. Mm-hmm. that it's worth pivoting as opposed to starting over completely. It's kind of nice. I like it. Anyways, the startup has grown rapidly and it has not only taken an incredible amount of money, but some of those deals are also strategic. So in the in the case of Ford, as I mentioned with the Lincoln brand and in the case of Amazon, potentially for a massive fleet of electric delivery vans. Mm. Think about it, Well, They got the, the, the truck platform. You, you you make it a little bit bigger, you boost it up in the back so it's more like a van. Mm-hmm. And now you got Rivians all over town delivering packages like like that. That's the type of order Amazon could put in. Yes. Good for them. So, anyways, I like what they're doing. I think I like the look of their truck. I th- I think uh it's very appealing. Uh, I know some people don't like the headlights, but the shape of the truck as a whole looks sporty, but it's not it looks familiar too. Yeah, it's got a it's a little more comfy. Oh. So but anyways, yeah, it's we've talked about trucks a lot. There's choices. Choices are good. Get Cybertruck, got this thing. People talking about that Badger. There's, there's trucks, mm-hmm. and they're electric. Samsung's bean-shaped Galaxy Buds live leak in three colors. Bean. What? They're little beans. And I know you're looking at that the way I was looking at that, thinking, where do you? how does that go in your ear? Or does it go in your ear? Where does it go, Will? Uh, yeah, apparently there's no ear tip. The whole bean fits in there somehow. Oh, there's no ear tip. No. I thought it was behind the bean. There's no ear tip, man. That oh. looks like the speaker unit right there you're looking at because oh, right. the charging yeah, contacts isn't. will be on the other side. Right, right. It's a little bean, and somehow it's going to fit in there. I'm, it, it peaked my attention. I mean, I'm uh, very curious. Well, this is going to get stuck for sure. It was uh, It was originally a leak from EvLeaks, and of course it got picked up on a number of websites. This is a new idea. It's not. It's a new lineup too. Apparently, it's not to compete with Galaxy Buds. Well, there still will be Galaxy Buds. This will be an alternative play for a more stylish, I guess, uh, earbud. In that 
pinkish color right there, which is almost, it's like sort of like a skin tone. Maybe that thing just blends in. You don't even notice it as opposed to the uh, white or black models that are there, which are more typical color selections. But it's a very, it's just a really unusual implementation of an earbud. And I've looked at a lot of earbuds, Will, over the years. Yes. I mean, I looked at thousands of earbuds. How is this thing going to fit in your ear? Also, uh, the bean aspect. Isn't there something cute about a bean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is it going to be called the bean? No. They, they, they bean? Apparently, uh, they, they're going to call it Galaxy Buds Live. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. they should just play They should have called it Magic Beans. They should just, play, yeah, play it up. I don't know. Uh, nobody, I don't think, pe I don't know. People aren't going to. It would have been fun, but I don't know if it would have sold more earbuds. Alongside its Galaxy Note 20, a new watch, and a new tablet, Samsung is also expected to show off the Galaxy Buds Live next month. The company's latest truly wireless earbuds. So there's been some renders floating around, but this is the best look we've had yet. Mm. They look very glossy, and they have no ear tips. So if you want to go check out a picture, you should definitely check it out for yourself. The cool color I'm talking about is called Mystic Bronze, by the way. Speaking of earbuds, we have one more earbud story. How about that? Two earbud stories. Mm. And I don't think you have the link there because you're on a page talking about Sony, which is actually the next story. You're on fire today, Will. Okay, I'll search for it. These new fitness earbuds come in a charging case that dries the sweat off for you. And you know what? This is my fault that you don't have it, by the way. I don't want Willie Do taking any blame for this or anyone in the comments saying, I would have had that story because you couldn't because I added this. Okay. So this is on Gizmodo, and it's from a company called Klipsch, which you've probably heard about in audio in the past. They've done speakers. They've done earbuds. They have a new set of sport-centric earbuds in which you place them in the case after you're done with them, after they got damp. Now, not necessarily damp from sweat. They're actually IP67, so you can rinse them. So you did the, 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 the workout. What, what, are you, what kind of exercise are you doing, by the way? Um, aerobics. You are no CrossFit. CrossFit would be no, no. You personally, you're not doing CrossFit. Oh, Kirk's doing maybe, CrossFit. Maybe uh, rock climbing. Okay, so rock climbing, perfect. So you finish up a session of rock climbing, which is difficult, by the way. That's a real workout. Oh yeah, that'll get is. you going. Oh yeah. And so these are a little damp. So you go rinse them off in the sink. But here's the problem. What do you do after they're rinsed? So fine, they're IP67. What do you do? You are you drying it with it? You can't get all the moisture. Right. You can't dry it really easily with the paper towel or whatever they have there. So you throw it in the case, and the case has silica gel in it, which is the stuff that would often ship with a product you purchase. Mm -hmm. And that gel wicks the moisture away so that it, it can actually pull the moisture from the internal section so you're not putting a wet earbud butt in the next time. Mm. And what's cool about this, because I know people are thinking, well, the silica gel stuff, once it gets filled up, it's not as effective anymore. You can actually throw that piece in the microwave at some point later on to, to reset it back to its maximum absorption potential later on. What do you think? Are you happy about this? You don't seem very <laughs> There's happy. There's a lot of steps, but uh, I can see like a use case for it. Okay. If you're doing extreme sports or like water sports. Well, that's the angle related. they're going for. In fact, the case that the thing goes into is really robust. It's like it kind of locks sealed off and the funny thing is you remember how in the past OnePlus teamed up with mclaren to do a special edition yeah 
these guys actually teamed up with McLaren. If you if you scroll down, you'll see the McLaren inspired version. A little bit, little bit lower. There you go. With the orange line and the carbon look. And that's not a bad look. Hmm. It's a kind of cool look. It's still, I don't know. Well, uh, these collaborations are always a bit strange. Car company, headphone company, where is the crossover? But like, with the smartphone, they went with the speed angle. Hmm. Here, what is it? Durability, just quality in general. Maybe that's the angle. Uh, they, they're about 229 Is that right? Oh, and then the McLaren racing premium version is 249 and that one has a matching wireless charger so that might be a deal that you you want to look for anyways uh clips has a pretty decent track record in the audio game as well so if any of those features sound enticing to you you may want to you may want to take a look if you're if you're the type of guy you're getting these things soak soaking wet all the time yeah it's disgusting constantly washing get it together get it sony acquires a minority stake in epic games for 250 million dollars now, I saw this headline, and I thought to myself, uh, $250 million. Epic got to be worth a few more bucks than that. Epic's got to be worth, I mean, I just, I didn't even put a number on it. That's how big of a number yeah. I assumed Epic was worth. And it turns out I was right. Apparently, this $250 million bucks equates to like 2% or something of the company. Oh, okay. yeah. So Epic is just madness right now. I don't know if you heard of a uh, particular video game that, I know a lot of people have been playing this video game. I don't know if you heard about it. It's colorful. It's a battle royale style game. It's got all the youngsters, and I mean, it's just got everybody. It's on mobile. Epic made that game. Forte. <laughs> Fork knife, isn't that the? <laughs> isn't that a funny term? Yeah, yeah. Forte. Uh, anyway, so Epic is moving a lot of. They're moving in the right direction. I think we can say that they've had just tremendous success recently, and Sony kind of wants a piece of it. And so, and what do I mean by a piece of it? If if you take a one or two percent stake in a company, you're not really gathering that much influence. But what you're really doing is saying you're trying. Let's align our goals. What you're really mm -hmm. saying is give us a seat at the table so that we can, uh, you know, moving forward, have more information from you so we can make our adjustments and right. and tinker with uh, our products and projects so that they can line up better to provide better experiences. Mm -hmm. So. Of course, Sony has has invested in other game developers. We're well aware of this, in even bigger ways where they could influence even more of what's going on in there. And you're not going to do that with Epic because Epic is enormous. But this is a way of them just aligning themselves uh, a little bit better. So um, there's this there's this controversy that sort of emerged because apparently uh, the CEO Tim Sweeney was accused of saying of showcasing Unreal Engine 5 on the PS5 demo only because he was getting his cash from Sony. That's what they said is the only reason you show it off on a PS5. Because the way it goes with this Unreal Engine stuff, Will, it's tremendous. Mm -hmm. You get this, you build this engine, and then you just count the money mm -hmm. as the other as the other uh, companies build on top of it. So uh, he says, no, this these negotiations is not connected, whatever else, uh, which is fine. I, I I mean, look, there's so many connections in these things. Uh, there's so much working together. Who knows who says what and why? Yeah. But the fact of the matter is they've, they've partnered to some degree. Epic's powerful technology in areas such as graphics places them at the forefront of game engine development with Unreal Engine and other innovations. There's no better example of this than the revolutionary entertainment experience Fortnite. And that comes from Sony's president and CEO, Kenichiro Yoshida. All right, 
So if you got Ken from Sony saying that about you, that's a partnership right there. Yeah. That's you got the best interest in mind, and who knows what they can do now. Now, some people might be afraid. They say, "Oh, the Sony version of something's going to be better," or the Sony. You know right, what I'm right, saying right. over here? But who really knows? We don't know how it's going to map. We don't know how it's going to play. But one thing I can tell you is two two hundred fifty million extra bucks for Epic to just throw in the war chest mm. and work on that next project because they're just. I mean, it's unbelievable. Mackenzie Bezos is uh, is set could become she's set to become she's gonna become the richest woman in the world, yeah. and that could be tomorrow at the point that whatever this article was written. But it all depends on Amazon stock price, so people can play along with this game if they want. But based on the trajectory of 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 the Am- of Amazon stock, I mean, get, let me get a six month. Let me get a six month on that from a business perspective, from the business guy, Mr. Willie Do himself. What you can see here is that in the last six months, the stock went from two grand to thirty five hundred or thirty two hundred, whatever it is. Almost doubled, Will. Jeez, why don't you pick up? Why? Where was my uh, analyst, Willie Do analyst report? All right, Lou. Let me show you what's happening with Amazon. No, of course everyone knows this. Like, this is the most no-brainer investment. Amazon? Yeah, I think the world is going to have Amazon for a while. And I think Amazon's going to keep be, continue on its path towards complete and utter dominance because they're, it appears the thing that they do is very hard for others to do. Mm-hmm. The, the scale of it is so important to have the warehouses, the deliveries, and the... Infrastructure. Oh, jeez, man. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> That it just gets me going trying to imagine, trying to imagine the daily operations of Amazon, all mm-hmm. the ABCs mm-hmm. and the warehousing and the moving of physical goods. And I remember watching one time just a regular analysis of a, of a UPS driver's route to be, come up with the most efficient route to deal with uh-huh. the delivery times and expectations and the complexity and math that goes into it for one truck. Now you can imagine Amazon start to finish from the user clicking by. Even before that, when the thing ends up, has to get to the warehouse and which warehouse does it go to and how many go to each. And I just... Not to mention space travel, well, AWS, yeah. Bezos servers. Has, yeah, Bezos is doing other things as well, but I'm just talking specifically. Yeah. Anyway, so him and Mackenzie, they, they, uh, they divorce. A little while ago, they were married from 1993 to 2019. And, of course, he put out the famous Twitter post about the separation in January of 2019. At the time, they come to this settlement, which gives, which transfers 20 million Amazon shares from Jeff to McKenzie. 20 million shares. Now, I know you're looking at that stock price, Will. I know you're looking at a $3,182 USD stock price and you're doing some math, just a little bit of math. You're doing you're multiplying that by 20 million and you're realizing you're looking at a big number. Yeah. You're not going to give us an exact number, but we don't need it. Because essentially what this means is that if th- things keep trending this way and they don't need to trend that much more this way, she could become very shortly the world's richest woman. Her net worth on January 1st was $37 billion when the transfer took place, I believe. It was somewhere around there. 
and it has been skyrocketing, obviously. Um, most recently, at today's, at yesterday's market close, she was at $63 billion in net worth. The number one richest woman in the world, Fran Francois Betancourt Myers, has a net worth of $65 billion. So she's about $2 billion back. But if you're looking at the Amazon stock and the trajectory and the angle of that graph, then you realize she's about to become the richest woman in the world. Yeah. Mackenzie Bezos. And I should also just point out for the record, Jeff, even though he gave up, <laughs> he gave away uh, 20 million shares, he's left with 58 million <laughs> shares. <laughs> 58 million shares. So he has, he's also been adding to that bottom line quite substantially given yeah. this this recent Amazon growth. So can it continue at the exact pace? Maybe not, but there's definitely a, we're we're seeing a trend line here and presumably that trend line has a little more juice on it. So there's your new world's richest woman coming right up, Mackenzie mm -hmm. Bezos. Does she keep the name Bezos uh now that they split? That's curious. If you divorce I mean I think you kind of. I think of, it's her choice, right? But it seems like she is because no one's saying yeah. that she goes back to the her other name or any other name for that matter. I guess she stays Bezos anyway. Tesla is facing an unprecedented twenty billion dollar short bet. So I guess we're in the business section of the show right now. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. I was trying. We were covering this sort of in a funny way with the short shorts that Amazon actually released. You could buy a pair Tesla. of. I'm talking about a pair of shorts. Yeah, Tesla. Who did I say? Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. See, you can't even. The, the, <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past. They're probably on Amazon right now. Probably those yeah. shorts. Probably somebody put them on Amazon. Bought them. Tesla put out short shorts because Elon's having fun with the people who are uh, the investors who are shorting Amazon stock. This uh, this twenty billion dollar thing apparently is unprecedented. It will be a, a very big number uh, um, in terms of stock market history. Tesla short interest is about to reach 20 billion for the for the first time. This is people with positions betting against Tesla mm. stock. And of course the figure goes up as the Tesla stock goes up. It's uh, it's been Tesla stock is doing the same thing Amazon stock is doing. It's close to $1400 per share. And so this this all gets $1500 per share. <laughs> this all gets really complicated because a lot of these uh, short positions have certain points where if the losses are going to be too high, there's a cash out uh, poor, uh, moment, mm -hmm. a cash out moment, and it creates something called a short squeeze. The reason behind Tesla's short squeeze is obvious and straightforward. Large mark-to-market losses are forcing out some short sellers as they hit their loss limit thresholds. So in other words... You set a lot uh, loss limit in there and say, if I'm going to lose this much money, we gotta we gotta bail yeah. on the short position, and so it creates this circumstance called a squeeze. Anyway, the point being is, it's becoming more difficult to hold that short position the longer that that they continue to exceed expectations, mm -hmm. and so some short sellers are going to be uh, a little bit nervous right now. As this uh, as this number continues to escalate, mm. and I don't know 
I would think that it would be very difficult to maintain that position at this point. I'm not I'm not an investor, Will, to be no. clear. I have no. no play in any I have no Amazon stock, no Tesla stock. I speak freely, which feels great, by the yeah. way. I should say. And but you can. but I just I mean it's it's getting tougher to bet against this guy as more people continue to bet on him. Mm-hmm. Then it's getting tougher to bet against him. And now just he's putting shorts, he's rubbing shorts in your face now. Actual physical red, a pair of red shorts. And and maybe he's saying it's funny. Keep trying. Keep going. Yeah. Let's oh. just make another uh, flamethrower. That's heavy know? stuff. That's Have heavy stuff. It. Now, it's important to, to, to say that this article comes via Electrek, and they're you know heavy on the Tesla side of things. Uh, apparently, this squeeze so far is relatively small, with the shorts buying only 1.7 million shares worth 2.3 billion to cover their position. So this could this could get a bit bigger. This could get um, uh, well. They they like to call it a bloodbath. It could turn into a bloodbath. Mm. People could lose a lot of money. Short sellers have bought to cover 1.7 million shares worth 2.32 billion over the last month as Tesla's stock price rose 44 percent over the last week. We saw a lull in short covering with only 98,000 shares. If Tesla's stock price continues to trend upwards, we expect even more short covering as mark-to-market losses accumulate. It's uh. I mean, imagine, Will, you you had a short position on Tesla worth a couple million bucks or a couple billion bucks. You got to, you're, you're, you're a bit concerned. Mm-hmm. Tesla exceeding expectations. Uh, this last one is very close to my heart. It's uh, very romantic as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Man, the right now, Will's very confused. He, he's going to cut the camera angle to himself to show you his confused face because it's a cable. We're talking about Thunderbolt 4. I've been a big Thunderbolt guy. What can I say? Talked about it a number of times. I like a fast connector. I like a lot of throughput. I like a lot of bandwidth. I want to move files around. I shoot video clips. They're, they're enormous. Terabytes worth of video clips. And to watch it squeak over USB, it's just uh, uh, a depressing. It's very depressing. So, and not to mention... Particularly a recent experiment we had trying to transfer a bunch of footage over various different USB readers. The, the the crazy variety of USB formats that exist. I'm talking, scroll down a little bit. USB 2, USB 3.25 gigabit per second, USB 3.2 10 gigabit per second, USB 3.2 20 gigabit per second, USB 3 regular, USB 420, USB 440. Those are the upcoming USB 4. So... And, of course, USB 3.1 is in there, and there's different gens, and it's just an absolute disaster, USB land, which is supposed to be the universal connector, but there's so many there's so many flavors. Well, what Intel says it's going to do with Thunderbolt 4 is make a, a an actual universal cable that can handle any of those, hmm. be compatible with any of those formats backwards including Thunderbolt. Now, you're not getting a tremendous amount of new speed or anything like that. It looks like it's going to be essentially as fast as Thunderbolt 3, but it will combine. It will be one cable to rule them all. It will combine all the variety and wacky flavors of USB and Thunderbolt into one single cable. If you buy one of those cables, you know every device you connect via that cable is going to be working properly to its particular specification. Mm. Now, that may be less exciting to you, but that's very exciting to me. One cable to rule them all turns me on, in fact. and But more importantly, I would like to see the adoption of Thunderbolt. If Thunderbolt can become this optimal cable, 
then can more motherboard manufacturers embrace it so I can have the option for fast transfer if necessary? Uh, is Intel doing a poor job of marketing? Yeah, I think so. Something's going on. Mm-hmm. Or are they reluctant to partner with other brands on Thunderbolt because they, they might view them as a competitor? Possibly. Mm-hmm. But I just want to see more Thunderbolt. So anything that can aid in the adoption of Thunderbolt, to me, is a good deal and a good look. So if you scroll down a little bit more, there's a chart of the uh, showcasing the Thunderbolt 4 capabilities. And it's a little bit further down, actually. That's how you can daisy-chain Thunderbolt, which is another advantage. So here, unrivaled simplicity, one universal computer port, universal 40 gigabit per second cables up to two meters in length. That's one area I wish they were, you could get longer ones, but that's the, that's the uh, limit for now. Uh, of course, accessories with four Thunderbolt ports. So meaning you can hook up, once you have Thunderbolt, you have so much bandwidth, you can hook up all kinds of hubs and things like this. Uh, it can power, it'll be able to power two 4K displays. It can, uh, it can, it can, uh, of course, operate USB 4, next generation USB. And it'll work with Thunderbolt 3 devices. So anyways, you can take a look at the chart. Thunderbolt is just an incredible connector. I want to see it show up in more places. And Thunderbolt 4 may help that. Who knows? Who am I speaking to? I don't know. Uh, PC manufacturers, I suppose, and motherboard makers. Because a lot of those third-party cards are junky as well. This show right now is operating on Thunderbolt. Yeah. we These cameras are going into capture equipment that requires Thunderbolt. You're using the Intel uh, NUC because it has has onboard Thunderbolt. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, tremendous throughput. Do it with USB. See how that goes for you. See how much fun you have with all that garbage. USB. Crap. Anyways. That's it for me, Will. We did it all. We covered it. TikTok, what do you think? Yes or no? Uh, Yeah, I think it might actually go. All right. Instance. There you have it. You got the word from Willie Do. Start to migrate. Well, Be don't careful. depend on me. Come on. You, they're, they're depending on you. Start to migrate your oh. TikTok account. Get on with it already. Lord.